0: It's time for another episode of Dynasty Oasis podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Newts and Josh Adkins.
1: And welcome to the show. My name is Matt Newts at Nasty Newts on Twitter with me today as always. Uh, day late, but not a dollar short, Joshua Adkins at Dynasty Oasis. How you doing, Josh?
0: Doing well tonight. Uh, yeah, sorry about uh, being a day late on this one, guys. Uh, just sort of uh, some scheduling uh, snafus wouldn't allow us to make the podcast last night so uh you're getting us a, a day late but we wanted to make sure that we got something in your ears uh consistency is important to us but uh unfortunately we both uh, have lives and have regular jobs and um it just didn't work out this week so we apologize but uh the the plus note is that it's it's friday the weekend's in front of us i'm feeling pretty good how about you newts
1: yeah, it was a rough week, but I'm I'm starting to perk up a little bit. Uh, it was my fault that we're a day late. I didn't mean to imply that was your fault, 100% on me. And, yes, I am excited for some football. Tough uh, tough week on the normal job, but for, for football stuff, we got kind of a fun week. And uh, it was starting to look like we are going to have some more COVID stuff where it's like, ah, do I need to sit this guy because it's getting pushed back to Tuesday. But it looks like, as of now, everything seems to be – on schedule so hopefully we have a week where we don't have to make those tough decisions um at least as tough decisions as we did last week uh, why don't we get into the the big news on everyone's uh, minds right now right off yeah. the, right off the get-go let's talk about Le'Veon Bell obviously this has uh wider implications than just him how does how do you want to start in this do you want to talk about him or do we want this to be our Clyde Edwards Alaire discussion right
0: away well, why don't you just let me real quick. So I did watch uh, every touch he's had this year, which isn't all that many because he got hurt week one and he's been on IR and basically played, you know, the full game last week, but wasn't happy with his work workload. Um, <clears throat> just real quick. What I did see on tape um, is that the the lateral agility and the vision is still there, but it seems like he's lacking some serious forward burst. There was a pitch play in the uh, Arizona game last week where, Jordan Hicks uh, was able to close the distance uh, and get to the sideline before Lev Bell could. Um, it seems like the straight line speed's not there anymore, but really the more concerning thing when I watched uh, Le'Veon is uh, that he wasn't being split out like a wide receiver. And I think that's maybe a good way to you know kind of transition into the Chiefs, um, because I guess my question is, will they use him more in the passing game? Because I think that's really where his viability lies um, or is he just the three down guy here? Where are you at with Lev? Um,
1: to start out, I think it's going to be more of a just a rotational thing. I don't think it's going to be like you see Clyde on this down and this down and Le'Veon on this down, or it's not going to be one of them's a pure starter, one of them's a pure backup. For me, The way I see this kind of shaking out is I see it being like a 60-40 deal. The part I'm not sure about is who's the 60, who's the 40, Mm -hmm. but I also do think Le'Veon's going to be the guy that gets the ball more in the goal line scenarios. So that's why I think this is more damaging to Clyde than maybe some people might think. I I don't think he's shown a propensity to score in short yardage situations, even dating back to college. So for me, I think Le'Veon – is going to be the guy that gets the ball on the stripe. And I don't really love having running backs that aren't going to be scoring the short yardage touchdowns.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with anything you said. Um, I guess the one thing I would point out is that so many backfields are committees at this point. Um, And at the very least, this is one of the better offenses to have any running back, regardless of committee or not. Um, I'm not quite as down on it for Clyde Edwards. I mean, we were already seeing, um, him split touches or not really split touches so much, but split snaps last week with Damian Williams or I'm sorry, Daryl Williams. Um, but um, so I'm, I'm not too concerned about that. I think if love can add something to this offense, it, it feels like seeing some element. I don't know if, if it's in versatility or just, um, you know, it just feels like they're missing a little something right now. And maybe Lev love can add that. Um, I'm sort of one of these people who believes, uh you know, the rising tide uh raises all boats. And uh, I think that's what this does for this. So if I'm a, a Clyde owner, I'm not panicking here. Um, but obviously as a love a love manager, I would uh be very excited for the possibilities here.
1: For sure. And uh a lot of the instant reaction I've seen amongst fantasy Twitter is Buy low on Clyde, sell high on Le'Veon. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with the Clyde side of that. Um, <laughs> I, I agree I would try to sell on Le'Veon. But for me, if it's Clyde right now, it's almost going to be a holder a sell for me. I don't well, want to sell low, but I think at this point there's going to be so many people trying to buy low that it, at, you're actually selling at a fair cost. I just keep, I don't... I know I do. I do want a piece of this offense. I just I don't know if I want to be a
0: part of this right now. Can I ask a question? In, independent of sure talent, or I'm sorry, independent of situation, where in this rookie class would Clyde edwards LR fall? I think we'd both say behind Jonathan Taylor. Is that safe to say?
1: Yeah, and I would put him behind Swift
0: and probably Dobbins?
1: level with Dobbins. Okay. Probably and, around and the same.
0: Yeah, that's about where I am too. Um, so obviously, it takes, you know, he takes a hit in value because the situation has obviously changed. But um, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not ready to get out for less than I paid. That's for sure. Uh, that being said, I don't know that I'm going to target him uh, right this moment either. Um, anything else you had on this situation? Does it, does it, I mean, are you kind of in agreement with me? Could this be sort of something that helps the whole offense in general or, um, just sort of uh business as I, usual, Casey.
1: I mostly don't like Le'Veon Bella as a talent that much anymore, but if 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 he's not gonna work here, he'll never work again anywhere. It's a smart play caller, tandem and Andy Reid and Eric Enemy, So I think they'll find the right way to use him. Um I'm sure he'll be motivated by this by being cut like a year into a big deal being on a Super Bowl contender team. So I do think he might have a lot of redraft value this year, but in Dynasty, I don't see this being his long-term hold. So I I definitely would sell on Le'Veon, but I'm not nearly as interested in buying as some people will.
0: Right on. Uh, I'm I'm in agreement with you, by the way. Um, Why don't we jump into the game previews and go to another guy that I'm advocating for selling, Uh, and that's Todd Gurley. I think this is another advantageous matchup. Um, I know there's been a lot of reaction that the Vikings defense looked pretty good last week. And I'm not saying they looked awful, but I think Chris Carson had eight carries for 52 yards and a touchdown. So um, I don't feel like we were effective stopping the run necessarily. We just they didn't have a chance to run it because they were coming back so much. I think this is another big week for Todd Gurley and another really good opportunity to keep seeing his value go up. Um, and finding the right time to get out Um, at least starting to shop him get people interested Uh, he has one more big game and maybe this is the week you can get what you're looking for how about you
1: I I tend to agree with you there I I agreed with most of your points last week on Gurley in this uh, discussion and I I still agree nothing's really changed my mind I watched back that Falcons game and yeah he looked uh pretty good but I think most running backs are going to look good against the Panthers defense so I'm I'm kind of in lockstep (laughs) with you here on Gurley for me um what I'm kind of looking for here is a big game for Alexander Madison if if you roster him independent of Dalvin Cook you really want to see him go off in this game because then you can get the Dalvin or roster owner kind of panicky and maybe overpay for Madison so I'm 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 thinking Madison does really well in this game, um, especially if game script dictates it. He's gonna get a lot of touches, so sell your Madison stocks if you don't have Dalvin. You better hope that he doesn't go too nuts. If you if you do have a Dalvin and you need Madison, because you should really have both.
0: I have a little bit different take on Alexander Madison, but he's gonna come up later in the show, so I think I'm just gonna leave that one there. Uh, why don't we move on to Detroit at Jackson? Fair what's what's your one big thing here?
1: Oh, let me find it in my notes. Uh, we're in a bit different order here. Um, Detroit at Jacksonville. Let me think. I am hoping to see the unleashment of DeAndre Swift in this game, a name we just kind of brought up when we were talking about Clyde. I think this is a pretty plum matchup for the, the Lions running game to get going. The Jigs have struggled a lot recently, so I think Detroit's going to be playing from the lead most of this game. So I'm hoping – that he's the guy that gets a lot of touches rather than Adrian Peterson. And I think this could be a really good game for him.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And I, you know, I had Colin Johnson written down, but it sounds uh, more and more like DJ Chark and LaVisca Chanel. are going to both be activated here. So I think he's kind of just a guy you're watching. Um, So I'll talk about TJ Hawkinson. Um, I feel like the big game is, is right around the corner. Um, And, and considering I've got him in a lineup this week, I'm hoping it's this one. So um jacksonville is a defense that i think can be exploited by the tight end um and uh, i'm looking for hawk to have a big game here uh cincinnati at indy is our next game um i'll lead this one off Uh, we need to see better out of joe burrow uh one thing i said about daniel jones a couple weeks ago was that uh you know uh i know the matchups have been tough but good quarterbacks don't perform like this against even good defenses and joe uh unfortunately didn't look very good last week. Uh, The blitz overwhelmed him. Uh, He made some really errant throws. And uh, against another good defense this week, it would be, uh, it would sort of, you know, quell the fires a little bit to see him uh, go out and look good against Indianapolis. What do you got?
1: I had the exact same point for my number one. So I will move on to Jonathan Taylor, Um, a really good matchup for him. And he's kind of struggled a bit uh, in the middle part of this year so far, if you will. So I want to see him really do well on a game that he should be heavily featured in. I want to see Jonathan Taylor continue to hit the right holes, make some big plays, give the Jonathan Taylor investors some reason for joy. So I'm hoping to see a big game out of him and expecting to see a big game out of him. Um, On to our next game, I want to see Teddy Bridgewater do well against a good defense in the Chicago Bears. He's had some easier matchups in his three-game winning streak here. I want to see him perform, and that offense as a whole, through him, perform well against a tough defense. I want to know if this team should be taken seriously, and I think we'll find out pretty um, well this week if that's a true team that we need to be thinking about long-term in this league.
0: You hit the nail right on the head. That was mine. This is this is a proving ground for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I'm going to go to the other side of the ball, talk about David Montgomery. Uh, and you you mentioned it in the, the matchup uh, earlier about Todd Gurley. This Carolina defense against the run right now is a sieve. Unfortunately, uh, it looks like uh, Yitor Grossmatos and Brian Burns got banged up last week. I haven't honestly checked to see if, if they're available or not, but um, it's a front four that's got some talent, but was banged up last week and has been kind of exploitable all year. Um, this might be a great opportunity uh, to see Montgomery have a second big game in a row. One being on an island uh, on the Thursday nighter against a good defense in Tampa Bay. Uh, if he has another big game this week, I think uh, I would really be aggressively shopping him because I think we've seen enough from him in the in the two years your year, year and a half we've seen him to. To say that he's not anything special, at best, he's going to be a compiler. And I think the leash is getting shorter and shorter uh, there in Chicago. Uh, moving on to Washington, New York, not, uh, not one of the more exciting matchups. I had a hard time coming up with anything for really either of these sides. And so what I did come up with is I think Washington's one of the better streaming defenses this week. Uh, I think uh, it sounds like Chase Young will be back. Uh, he's one of the more exciting players to watch in the league right now. Um, and so I'm excited to see him. And I've I've picked up Washington in a few spots because uh, boy, I'm betting against Daniel Jones every chance I get. Uh, what's your one big thing here?
1: <laughs> yeah, interesting. You brought up their defense. Um, I do. I did stream them a lot. In a lot of my leagues, I still use team defenses. I wouldn't advocate playing with team defenses, especially in Dynasty. I think that's stupid. But I'm sure a lot of you, if you're Listening to this podcast, even just for dynasty advice, you're probably still playing in some redraft leagues, so we can sprinkle in some of that advice from time to time. But yeah, I I love that matchup play this week, and I'm kind of a streamer when it comes to team defenses anyways in those leagues. I don't like to be the first guy to draft the presumed best defense. It doesn't always work out that way. If you luck your way into the the clear defense you want to own, then that's great, but I'm usually just a last pick of the draft, second-to-last pick of the draft kind of guy with team defense. But uh, without going on too long on that tangent, I am going to be looking for Terry McLaurin to get some chemistry here with, uh, I'm assuming Alex Smith starting. No, um, they're, they're saying I don't it's going to be Kyle Allen. Yeah, Kyle Allen. Okay, apologies. But either way, um, the the point still stands with Kyle Allen because he basically was with Case Keenum and um, Dwayne Haskins all of last year. It really gelled nicely with Keenum. um, Was okay with Haskins, but not horrible. For him to be fantasy, you know, wide receiver, one, two range, he's going to have to get some chemistry here with uh, Allen and or – Alex Smith throughout this year and I'm hoping that they uh, realize he's the straw that stirs the drink in that offense and feed him the ball because he wasn't heavily involved last week I know it was a rainy muggy gross days but I'm hoping to see them air it out to him quite a bit on Sunday
0: same here same here uh, let's move on to Houston at Tennessee I, I this is risky because I only have one thing written down here but I'll give you the first crack
1: all right, uh, Houston at Tennessee. I um, actually one of my things. I'm I'm sure it won't feed into yours, and even if it does, at least I'm asking you a question. I wanted to ask you, Mister Tight End Guy, about <laughs> Jonu Smith. How do you rank him right now amongst the league's tight ends? Do you have him near the top, middle, you know, near the bottom? Like, if you're a team, is he one of your top four, your middle four, your Bottom four in a 12-team league. I would almost just, I would hope to assume he's somewhere in your top 12. But where in the top 12 would you have him?
0: I would say he's firmly inside of the top eight. I think George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and Mark Andrews are all for sure ahead of him. At that point, I think he's probably the next guy. Um, maybe there's somebody I'm missing. You know, Noah Fant could come back and sort of screw that up uh, Dallas Goddard could maybe come back and screw that up. But as of right now, I think he's the number five. Um, and you know, uh, the thing you see from him is he's just impossible to tackle after, after the catch. And, you know, I've been really impressed with what we've seen out of Ryan Tannehill. Um, you know, consider me a person who wasn't a believer in the beginning. Um, I'm starting to believe that this Tannehill, I mean, they they went to the, what the AFC championship last year. I mean, uh, it's definitely for real, but uh, you know, um, the the idea that he can support multiple fantasy options is is more becoming a reality to me. Um, and so, I, I'm a big fan of Janu. I think he should be a target in trades. He's still very young, um, so yeah, I'm I'm quite excited. Right
1: on. Appreciate that.
0: Um, did you? have another
1: point i'm assuming it wasn't on johnny that you wanted to make on this game
0: yeah no it wasn't it was it was aj brown obviously he was back last week we all got to see it on tuesday night Uh, but now he's missed consecutive practices in a row or well i should say wednesday they didn't actually report in practice because they had played the day before but they estimated him as a no practice and then he didn't practice yesterday um so We'll have to see. I think he's healthy. I didn't hear about any reports of a setback. Um, It would be a real bummer if he couldn't go. Um, But if he does go, I'm starting him because he looked he looked awesome last week. And uh, Tank Brown's one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, Cleveland at Pittsburgh here. One of the matchups of the week. Where do you want to start? Well, I think we have to continue
1: to talk about Chase Claypool. Um, The most interesting thing that happened last week in week five was Chase Claypool's monster breakout game. So people are going to judge him with a high curve this week. If he goes out there and has three catches for 31 yards, no one's going to know what the hell to do. But obviously he's not going to score four touchdowns every week. (laughs) If he does that – and then he, we're looking at the greatest player of all time and and I'm not ready to get that crazy but Chase Claypool I do think I agreed with your point last week even though I hadn't even thought about it until you made the point was he is the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh so does he continue to get that kind of target share I I, I think the, the point you made was he's the wide receiver one you want to own in dynasty but is he yeah. truly their wide receiver one as far as the ball's going his way first. That's where Ben's going to be looking.
0: That's what I want to see. Is he the featured man in this offense? So, yeah, I think the interesting thing is here that uh, Deontay Johnson is not going to play. He was ruled out this afternoon. Um, so I think the game plan is going to be similar to what they tried last week. It's just a matter of, you know, does Cleveland have anybody that can match up with him that can that can kind of stay with him? I, I did rewatch this game all 22. Um it's it's scary to watch him. He was open more than he was actually targeted. There was a really, really suspect offensive pass interference call that really could have been a fourth touch, or a fifth touchdown, I should say. Um, I'm really excited to see see Claypool against this secondary that's been very exploitable. I think he should be in lineups in just about every league. Um, I'll switch it over to the Cleveland side. Um, I think it's going to be important here. This This offensive line, I think we've all praised as as a rebuilt unit that looks much, much better with a you know more potent running game uh, protecting Baker Mayfield more. This is a real test, similar to what you said about Teddy Bridgewater. And I think if they stand up to this test, I think we can say Cleveland, and that doesn't even mean they win the game. It just means that they're able to get something done against a really, really good front seven um, and keep Baker pretty much clean and upright for the game. I think that'll be a real big indicator as we move forward. Uh, Moving to the Baltimore at Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh game, excuse me. Um, Where do you want to start with this one? Uh,
1: Baltimore at, um, it wasn't Pittsburgh. That was just a game we were on right there. Philly. So yes. No, no worries. Um, I think for me, it's, this is really the last like super tough matchup on the season, at least in this stretch, brutal stretch run for Carson Wentz is, he kind of teetering on the edge of being benched, or they just look look at the schedule and say, we just got to weather the storm. Some of the Calvary is going to be back for Carson in his receiving options, but I'm a little afraid if things get really ugly, which they possibly could against this Ravens front seven, is Carson Wentz in danger of getting Jalen Hurt some some starts.
0: Well, then I think it's going to be important to see him play well, because one thing I did find interesting, because I, I, that was one of the things I toggled with talking about as well, uh, very difficult matchup here. But can I read you the next, uh, what, what would it be, six matchups after that? He's got the Giants, the yeah. Cowboys. He hits by. He gets the Giants again. He gets the Browns, and he gets the Seahawks. If he can do enough here to, like you said, you know, at least solidify his job moving forward, I think there is light at the end of the tunnel with Carson Wentz. And if he can do just enough to, you know, score some points and keep his team in the game here, maybe he's actually a guy that you should be targeting after what has been just a a pretty brutal start to the season that he's really saved on a couple rushing touchdowns. Um, I'm going to stick with the Philadelphia side here. I'm I'm excited to see Travis Fulgham. Um, Once again, I I rewatched this All-22 he was open more than he was targeted in this game too. Amazingly, uh, you know, I, I told you about the J.J. Sega whiteside meaningless end of the half reception in the in the pod on Monday. Uh, when watching the all-22, he was wide open on the seam route uh, for what would have been a touchdown on that play. Um, he's he's a matchup problem, and and Alshon and Deshaun have been ruled out again for this game. So we are going to see Travis Fulgham uh, full go, and uh, I'm pretty excited to see that. Uh, Denver at New England is our next matchup. Uh, where do you want to start here?
1: Well, it looks like Cam Newton's going to be ready to go off the COVID list. So I'm excited to see Cam Newton again in this offense. This team's infinitely more interesting with Cam Newton rather than Brian Hoyer or Jarrett Stidham. So I want to see this Patriots offense kind of come out there against a Broncos team that's really banged up and kick some butt. I want to see who kind of leads their rushing attack as well in tandem with Cam. We know he's going to run the ball, and who who's going to be with him there in the heavy workload, and first, second downs, the goal line situations. Just really excited to see this Patriots offense that we saw in the first few weeks again.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I'll switch it over to the uh, Denver side. Tough matchup for Jerry Judy. Um, but, man, he feels like a guy that's that's kind of just waiting for a big game. Maybe this isn't it, but uh, I'm still hopeful that uh, if Drew Locke comes back and and can be the guy that we all hoped and expected he might be this year, uh, that good things are coming for Jerry Judy. Uh, That was the end of the noon slate. Uh, Kind of a a rough 3 o'clock slate, or at least 3 o'clock Central time here. Uh, I think we can kick through New York Jets at Miami pretty quick. Um, I'll just say Ryan Fitzpatrick's a good streaming option this week. I don't have a lot else on this game. Um, especially on the uh, the Jets side, uh, but uh, I think he is a streamable option this week. Uh, I'm sorry, on the, the Dolphin side, obviously Fitzpatrick played for the Jets, and that's why I'm confusing that, but uh, yeah, he's a, he's a quality streamer this week. For sure, and uh, really the only thing worth
1: watching for me on the Jets side of the ball is uh, the running back situation. A lot of people have been picking up Frank Gore. I'm hoping that they decide to Kind of see what they have in LaMichael P. Ryan more mm-hmm. so instead. Like a 0-5 team with aspirations of 0-16 doesn't need to heavily feature Frank Gore. I just don't see that being in any sort of their long-term best interest. Give LaMichael a chance. See what you got. Show us what you got. See if there's talent there. I'm hoping to see a glimpse of potentially a running back that's a part of a infinitely more interesting offense next year, hopefully, if they have Trevor Lawrence like they're they're trying to get, it would appear. Right
0: on. Uh, and why don't we... Sorry,
1: go ahead. I was just going to lead into Packers-Bucks, a really fun game that I'm sure we're both very excited to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping to see the return of Devontae Adams this week, the Packers offense getting whole. Um, I think this is becoming one of the more fun offenses and the more dangerous offenses in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers having a career year in his uh, twilight years potentially, but Aaron Rodgers looks as good or better than I've ever seen him before. And uh, with all the weapons back together, minus, uh, um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the receiver's name that was hurt. Yeah, Lazard. Basically everything's back with except for Lazard. Uh, I want to see this offense do really well against a really tough Tampa Bay front seven.
0: Yeah, well then I'll switch it over to the Tampa Bay side. Uh, We need to see, you know, how is this running back room gonna gonna work out? Uh, Is Leonard Fournette healthy? Does he play if he is healthy? Uh, How does the touch breakdown go? Again, this is just a maddening backfield, but uh, I think if it could ever get get, you know, one. Guy that we could all trust, it would be, it would be a big fantasy starter every week. Uh, also, good to good to see that Chris Godwin's going into this weekend's game without an injury designation. Um, excited to get him back for a few lineups. Uh, the Sunday night football game is uh, the Rams at San Francisco. Uh, my big thing is Jimmy G. It sounds like he is going to play, is going to be the starter. Um, I did rewatch this game after we had talked about it on on Monday, and you know I saw what you saw where. I guess I, I guess I didn't see a guy favoring his ankle. I just saw, um, like we talked about, a guy get absolutely smoked by, yeah, I checked. It was Van Ginkle, and he is an Einhorn, by the way. So, um, yeah, Jimmy's got to come out and have a better game here. Aaron Donald's uh, an absolute force right now. Um, I'm very, very worried, uh, and Jimmy looks like a broken player right now. He needs to find something confidence-wise to get back on track.
1: Absolutely. And uh, for for the ankle thing, it wasn't necessarily like I saw the ankle. I think I had heard someone in the broadcast talking about the ankle. So maybe I was just led astray by a broadcaster there. But there was definitely something wrong. Um, for me, I'm looking into the Rams backfield again, as usual with this Rams team. I'm trying to, you know see Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers, and hopefully not Mac- Malcolm Brown. Just kind of see if we can get a consistent feel for this backfield. It's Todd, or not Todd, um, Sean McVay. I almost called him. Who was <laughs> I confusing yeah. him with there? Todd, is there a Todd McVay? Am I, I crazy? Uh, Todd uh, McShay. my mind. <laughs> yeah, Todd McShay is like, a trash Man. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's see if Todd McShay can figure this out. Um, But, no, I want to see Daryl Henderson. He's my favorite running back in this offense. But second favorite Cam makers, I want it to be just those two we have to worry about. I know we've talked about this a lot, but – Give us more clarity and let the best guys eat. That's what I want to see. Uh, Let's move on to another double header on Monday night football. I'm I'm actually preferring that over Thursday night games. If we can get more Monday double headers and less Thursday night football, I'd be all in favor of that. First one, really fun game. Chiefs at Bills. Kind of an early start. If you're working uh, away from home like I do, I'm in the construction trades. Um, I might miss some of this game to start, but – uh, yeah. For me, the thing I'm looking for most is it sounds like we're going to finally get the return of Zach Moss, a guy I was super high on and might've been on my list of five things I was right about had he never gotten hurt, but we'll never know. Got a lot of shares of Moss. Want to see him get out there. And I mean, Singletary just hasn't looked that good to me. So I, I think they're hoping for Moss to to step in and Elevate that offense a little bit there were some Le'Veon Bell rumors here to Buffalo. I'm glad you didn't sign there I want to see Zach Moss kind of get an opportunity and run with it
0: Yeah, the Le'Veon rumors were were quite illuminating I think in terms of the Moss thing that they see what what kind of I've seen here, which is that uh, Yeah, Singletary does not uh, He can make people miss. He just doesn't get any yards after that. It's kind of a David Montgomery thing going on almost where uh, it's cool that he can can break tackles and make people miss, but you got to get yards after that, and it doesn't feel like he is. Um, my big thing is also on the Buffalo side. it's It's John Brown. I think we're gonna get him back here. And uh, he felt a little bit kind of like the straw that stirs the drink when we did not see him last week uh, in the Tennessee game. Um, you know, we've talked about Henry Ruggs kind of being that player for the Las Vegas team. Um, they want to use digs in the short and intermediate areas, uh, and target him a lot. If John Brown's not there to lift the, you know, lift the safeties back, I think that that presents problems for Buffalo as an offense. And so to get him back full speed, I think is, is important for this Bill's team. Uh, the later of the two, or I guess the regularly scheduled Monday nighter is Arizona at Dallas. Um, my big thing here is going to be the red rifle, Andy Dalton, um, I guess sort of since our conversation on Monday night, I've sort of rethought, um, you know, sort of my thinking on all of this. I'm not so worried about C.D. Lamb. Uh, you watch back the tape, and the, the talent just—it was certainly from a dynasty perspective, nobody should be worried. Nobody should be valuing any, him any lower than you already had him. Um, but from a redraft value, I'm I'm right back on board. I'm not worried about it, and I think he's a top 24 wide receiver pretty much week in and week out. What do you got?
1: 100% agree on the C.D. Lamb stuff. More to him. More on him to come. But yeah, for yeah. me, since you took my number one talking point in Dalton, I'm going to go with Kyler Murray here. Um, been a really up and down year for Kyler. There's been flashes of brilliance and flashes of the opposite of brilliance. I've been at times wowed by him, at times wowed by him in the wrong ways. I, I'm hoping to see him in a very, very plus matchup, go out there and ball in what should be a really fun game. So I'm hoping Kyler Murray... And Andy Dalton can lead two interesting offenses into kind of a shootout because this game has the makings of a shootout written all over it, especially with the unfortunate news of Chandler Jones probably being out mm-hmm. for the year with, uh, I think, is a torn biceps torn tendon. Biceps. But. Yeah, he's the best player on their defense, and they're certainly going to miss him. But it could lead to some more crazy offensive games or it's 35-32 type deal. So I'm hoping
0: to see a 35-32 game here and
1: a lot of fantasy points for everybody to go around.
0: Well, that's the one thing Dallas has been consistent for, is wild and crazy games. So, yeah, we'll all be excited to see that one to finish the week off. Um, so now we got our game draft. Uh, I had the first pick last week, so why don't you go ahead and and, and start us off. This is the game you're most excited to rewatch once the weekend is over.
1: Yeah, for me, it was really down to a few games. I'm going to stick with my early opinion that Browns at Steelers is the most interesting game to me on the week. Chase Claypool got me the most perked up in our conversation so far today, so I'm going to stick with Browns at Steelers and really try and give you a good Chase Claypool breakdown next week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was my number one rated game, but I'm kind of glad you took it so I don't have to curse Steeler fans again by getting somebody hurt after picking that game. Um, Although I guess Deontay's already out, so sorry, Steeler fans. I'll go with the other Pennsylvania matchup. I want to see Baltimore at Philadelphia. Um, I just, I, I have a feeling Carson Wentz plays well here. I don't really have anything to back that up other than I just feel like he got some consistency and some confidence in at least one target not named Zach Ertz last week. Um, I still think he's a really good player, and I'm excited to see him. Uh, My number three rated matchup is uh, Denver at New England. Like you said about Cam Newton in this running game, um, now that they've had bye, everybody's fresh, everybody's healthy. Let's see how it all sort of works out, because uh, I've got some Damian Harris shares. I've got some James White. Um, It'd just be nice to get a little bit of clarity there. Uh, What is your final matchup?
1: All right, I thought you would make this decision a little easier for me, Um, but you didn't choose either of these games. (laughs) I think I'm going to go, this might be a little surprising, but I'm actually really excited to watch this game. It may not have the craziest fantasy implications, but I want to see Bears at Panthers. I want to see Teddy. I'm really interested in this Panthers team and how real it is. So hopefully I didn't pick a dud here like I did last week with the Niners and uh, Dolphins game, but I, I, I think this game, could be really illuminating. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping that we learn a lot in this game and I am excited to watch it. So I'm going to go bears Panthers.
0: Good pick. Good pick. Uh, Watching Teddy Bridgewater is never something that I will frown upon. By the way, while you're watching that game, watch out for Jeremy chin. I'm telling you, he's around the ball on every, every play little IDP bonus in there for you. Uh, So now we're going to do our one toughest lineup decision. Um, mine got a little bit easier because one of these names can get crossed out. I wrote this up last night. Um, so of these three in a full PPR, I need to start one of them. Jerry Judy at New England, Brandon Ayuk versus the LA Rams, or Preston Williams versus the New York Jets. All
1: right. Um, you... I don't think have been nearly as high on Preston Williams as I have throughout the year. I rostered him on a lot of teams, and I know you kind of poo-pooed him like a week ago. He had a good game last week against the 49ers. Um, I thought he got open a lot. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick likes to look his way. I'm going to make you start Preston Williams against the Jets. He's going to score 95 touchdowns this week and win (laughs) you the championship.
0: All right. Well, that's what I'll do then. Uh, What do you got for me?
1: <laughs> um, I have a really tough one. I have to give you five names and you have to pick three of them. I usually like to make this a little simpler, but this is my guillotine league team. So my very life, my very livelihood is on the line here. If I don't win this week or if I don't not take less, I am getting murdered. So <laughs> we are going AJ Brown versus the Texans, Chase Claypool versus the Cleveland Browns, Steph Diggs versus the Chiefs. Will Fuller versus the Titans and Terry McLaurin versus the Giants. I need three of these gentlemen in my lineup and there are five of them who gets chopped.
0: Oh man. I wish I knew what the status of AJ Brown was or a little bit more clarity on AJ Brown, because I think it's between him and McLaurin for me. I think Chase Claypool is, is definitely in and I think Stefan Diggs is definitely in. I think Will Fuller is definitely out. Not that I, you know, particularly hate the matchup. It's just one of those things where, uh, you know, is it, Going to be him or Cooks this week. Um, I'm going to go with AJ Brown, um, but I think that game is early enough where obviously if if he was out, McLaurin would be my next pick.
1: And I would have that as a safety net. I think that might be the three that I have in there as we
0: speak. I appreciate okay. that. Cool. Well, why don't we get on to our, our secondary segment here? So let's set this up a little bit. Two weeks ago, we did. Uh, five players we regret not rostering more. Uh, this is essentially the inverse of that list. These are five players that we were kind of you know highly invested in, and we feel uh, vindicated for being that invested in them. Um, and uh, so, Newt, if any of these, I'm just going to count mine down five to one. Uh, we'll will trade off obviously. If if I hit somebody that you've sure. got, just let me know. Um, and and I will lead us off. Uh, and one of the guys that you just just mentioned in your lineup decision. Uh, it's Stefan Diggs, uh, and this one hurts me a little bit because I did trade him in one league right up to the preseason, and uh, it wasn't really – oh, yeah, go ahead. What's up? I also have Diggs on my list. Okay. What what number did you have him at, out of curiosity? I have him at number three. Okay, so he's your number three. So I won't I won't go too long. I did trade him in one league. It wasn't because I didn't think he was going to be productive. It was a contract league, and he was in his last year. I I, I needed to get younger, so that was sort of that – Um, But I was highly invested in him. Um, He looks like the player we saw in Minnesota just featured in a better role. And Josh Allen's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. I hope I didn't steal all your ammo. Why don't you go ahead and talk about him for a little bit?
1: No, but I uh, I was kind of on the same page as you. I knew you were a Monster Diggs guy going back to basically the beginning of his time here in Minnesota. It's not just because you're a Vikings fan. It's because you love the talent. And and what's not to love? Stefan Diggs, you you will say this, the best route runner in the NFL. Yes. And if he's not the best, he's certainly in that conversation. A lot of people were worried about fit here in Buffalo. A lot of Josh Allen slander going on in the preseason, especially from bitter Vikings fans. I was not participating in that. I wanted Josh Allen to do well. I wanted Stefan Diggs to do well in Buffalo. Kind of my second favorite team, if you will. I'm not a fan of having second favorite teams. I think it's cheap, but the Bills I've always felt a kinship with were the lovable losers, the four Super Bowl time losers. Yeah. So I've always rooted for the Bills, and if the Vikings were out of it. So I will continue to root for the Bills. Stefan Diggs fitting in very nicely in that offense. Josh Allen is smartly targeting him a lot, and a lot. his accuracy has gone up a lot thanks to Diggs because Diggs will make you a more accurate passer just because <laughs> he makes a lot of tough contested catches and he makes a lot of defenders look really silly in their coverage. So, yes, Stefan Diggs, a guy I'm glad I held on to in,
0: in a lot of places. So he was your number three player. So just so we don't get out of order here, why don't you give us your number five?
1: And this might be another name that you have on your list. Maybe you avoided him because he's just kind of obvious. No one's going to, like, rag on you for owning Alvin Kamara. But I have Kamara on my list. Not necessarily okay. because I feel like I'm some sort of genius for for having him <laughs> in a lot of places. But um there was a he was kind of sliding down the first round a little too far for me in redraft this year um it was kind of hard to come up with a lot of names I thought when I pitched this idea this it would be easier to come up with a longer list but I'm in like seven leagues not including best ball there's not a ton of guys I own in more than two places but Kamara's a name I saw a lot I took him I was taking him third in redraft leagues this year and he was commonly going five, six, seven. I thought he played pretty well last year, despite playing through a lot of injuries. And I thought he was poised to have a career year this year. And so far it's looking like I was correct in that regard.
0: Absolutely. Well, you absolutely were. And uh, I do own him in our league of record, our big contract league, but that's the only spot I've got him. So uh, I discluded him from the, the, this list on that basis, but uh, obviously I'm such a big Kamara fan. I drafted him in that rookie draft, and uh, he's been one of my favorite non-Vikings uh, really since he came into the league. I, could anybody else make 41 look as cool as Alvin Kamara does? I don't think so. Um, my number four here is uh, is going to be another Viking, or, or I guess my last guy was an ex-Viking. Um, And I don't want to take an injury victory lap here because that's not what this is. But it's Alex Madison. I mentioned it earlier in the show. Um, And I think really the basis of, you know, kind of this whole bit is to understand where did we get process right and where do we get process wrong. Um, And in terms of Alexander Madison, I I've just felt like he was a better talent than where he was going in drafts. Um, I wasn't trying to predict how this offense would turn out. Um, certainly he had a role last year and it almost made him viable as sort of an RB3 flex last season. Um, I thought either that would happen again, or they would be stupid like they were last week and they would get Cook hurt by, by overrunning him. Um, so this is, this is not a victory lap. I love Dalvin Cook. I roster him in almost as many spots. Um, but I think this is maybe just a good, good point to stop and just have a handcuff conversation. Where are you at with handcuffing? Do you do it to your own players right out of the draft, or are you looking to more do it down the road? And then conversely, um, how likely are you to target those types of players even if you don't own Zeke Elliott and, you know, so you're not going to target Pollard? Do you, you know what I'm trying to say here?
1: For me, it's really situational dependent. It's I'm not going to say always have a handcuff, never have a handcuff. There right. are situations where you absolutely want to handcuff your guy. And there are plenty of situations where it just ain't worth it. Like, if he goes down, the drop off in talent is so great that why do I care if I'm starting? I, I, I'm struggling to name an example. Well, of a how about team, Devonta um, Freeman? Or, has...
0: you know, Dion Lewis was sure, sure, sure. Handcuff before I didn't want to
1: slander in. Devonta Freeman. <laughs> I didn't want to slander Devonta Freeman too much because it'll anger my good buddy Pete Jensen, who thinks he's the, the greatest running back in the history of the NFL and will not listen to me telling him that he's not good. But but sorry, Pete, I, I guess I'll use your guy Devonta Freeman as an example then. Yeah, I wasn't handcuffing Barkley, we'll put it right. that way, but... Right. As far as a guy like Diggs or as far as a guy like Cook and Madison, yeah, absolutely. That's the situation I would want to handcuff. And especially in Dynasty, like if your handcuff option is young and vibrant and looks like they could be a really good starting running back elsewhere if the opportunity arose, yeah, absolutely. I want the handcuff for multiple reasons because you could luck into two starting running backs in two different teams down the road. Or if your guy gets hurt, at least you got another guy that you like to step in and fill that role.
0: Yeah, and that's usually where I lie, but I, I'm very willing to, so in Madison I have in two out of five dynasty leagues, but I also got him in two redraft leagues, uh, the, the only two redraft leagues I still do, um, so I guess my, my point in saying that is, I guess I am willing to target these guys regardless of if I have Cook or not, because I do not have Cook on all those teams, obviously, um, so uh, that's a, a, a big upside play for me in almost every year's draft, there's couple alexander madisons and i think in the 11th 12th 13th round taking a shot on guys like this who you like the talent um it's just hard to see how the opportunity is going to present itself um but usually it will and and uh those are the type of bets i'm making late in drafts why don't you get to your number four
1: well i will victory lap a little bit on this guy um recent major breakout player we've talked about him a lot but he is on all but one of my Dynasty League rosters, and this happened before last week. Chase Claypool, got a lot of shares, very excited about it. Um Hoping that this isn't a mirage, but I, I think it's a real thing, and I think I got really – well, I don't want to say I got lucky because I saw something in him. I think the fact that he was drafted by Pittsburgh made me pay attention a little bit more okay. than I would have. I thought he was such a unique – prospect in his size and speed that I was very intrigued by the, how he could potentially be used. I'm not gonna say I was hundred percent sold that this was gonna work out, but I thought that if it did it would be it would have a very high ceiling. So I'm glad I invested in him a lot and I'm hoping it pays massive dividends.
0: Absolutely. I, I don't have him on this list and unfortunately I don't have him on any teams. I was such a big Deontay Johnson believer. Uh, that I sort of faded Claypool, and it's one of the big mistakes uh, that I've made from this draft. And I think, you know, I, I mentioned it last week when Pittsburgh drafts receivers, you should be drafting them in your fantasy leagues. And I, I, uh, I didn't follow that advice, and it's it's costing me. So, yeah, I have no shares, so good for you. Uh, my uh, number three <laughs> here is going to be uh, top-tier tight ends. Obviously, uh, I did write a, a big tight end article this this uh, offseason, uh, it can be found on Dynasty Nerds, tight end, physical, graffiti. Most of the information is held up pretty well if you still want to check it out. Um, I, so I guess what I'm saying here is I, I don't have a singular player here. Um, but in, in six of seven leagues, my tight end is either George Kittle, Mark Andrews, or Darren Waller. Um, and considering sort of the, the lack of breakouts that we've seen, I think that was sort of a common trend or... Uh, a sort of a hip thing to say in in the early part of the, the preseason process was just wait for tight end, be the last one to take them. There's all these good ones at the back. And I guess the one guy who got Johnny Smith is pretty excited right now. Uh, the other four or five people that waited that long aren't probably getting much production out of that position. And certainly it's a place where you can stream, but having a guy like Kittle in four out of seven dynasty rosters, especially with uh, three of those being uh, tight end premium, uh, boy, it's fun when he can have weeks like he did two Sunday night footballs ago. So that's my number three. It's it's investing in top tier tight ends. I'm not shying away from it and I'm not shying away from it uh, as we go forward. What was your number two? Beautiful.
1: Cream um, Hunt, and this isn't because of Nick Chubb's injury. This was for me, I, I, the thing that you've kind of, led me to grow on in my thinking is talent. I think is more important than situation. I I didn't always agree with this. I situation does matter, but Kareem hunt was just too talented to, to let slide as far as he was going in ADP. People were so afraid of the timeshare. They were so afraid of Chubb being the clear, alpha and I didn't see it that way I thought Kareem Hunt was going to have a role on this team barring injury no matter what no matter how good Chubb is Kareem Hunt's going to get a lot of touches because in my opinion he is the more talented running back I know they have more capital invested in Chubb but I think Kareem Hunt is one of the three or four best talents at the running back position in all of the NFL so I invested a lot in him because I thought their ADP was wrong I did trade him to you in a league, but other than that league, I have a lot of Kareem Hunt shares, and I'm happy that I do.
0: Well, yeah, and so we can talk about him together, because he's actually my number one guy. Uh, and you hit a lot of the salient points, uh, talent over opportunity. There are uh, There are times when opportunity matters. It's kind of right now in season when we're actually seeing these teams play. Once we get into the offseason, divorce yourself from that opportunity. That opportunity is almost guaranteed to change. Um, And our ability to sort of pick these, um, this is going to be a great offense at the start of the year. This is going to be a team that their defense is going to be so bad they're going to be playing catch up. We are not very good at picking these things. Um, And so in terms of Kareem Hunt, um, I was never trying to figure out how I was going to be right on this one. Um, I just knew, like you said, he's one of the five or six best running backs in the entire league. I don't care if he's paired with a good running back like Nick Chubb. Uh, there's enough room for two really awesome players to be good. Um, so he was my number one. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we're we're in lockstep on this one. Um, you have number two left, is that correct? Two and one or just two? No, I
1: just have my number one left. Oh, just your number one. one. Well, then
0: you go ahead with. I think it's the same player. So maybe we just kind of swapped them in order. So go ahead. CD Lamb? Yep, that's correct. Yep, same here. Yep, that's me too. Yep. Yeah, I've got.
1: I've got Lamb on almost every single one of my teams, Dynasty and Redraft. He was one of the rookies in my memory as a Dynasty player, at least, that I've been most excited about. I I made a very hard point to own C.D. Lamb as many places as possible. I thought this could be instant and immediate and long-lasting. I think C.D. Lamb is looking to me like he has all the potential to be the alpha wide receiver in the NFL for years to come. He's not there yet, obviously. He's still got a lot of room to grow, but I think this is going to be one of the very best wide receivers in the league for a very long time.
0: Yep, and and real quick, I wanted to just touch on you. You brought it up last week, or I'm sorry, no, it was uh, yeah, no, last week in in the in the rookie draft that uh, sort of this idea of you have to pound running back at the top of the draft. The first five picks should be you know, in no particular order, Clyde, JT, Dobbins, Swift, and and Akers. And if you do anything other than that, you're foolish. Don't you know how much running back matters? Well, C.D. Lamb is, is transcendent. And he's shown enough already in four games, five games, excuse me, uh, that I can confidently say at some point in his career, he will be a top three wide receiver in the entire league. Um, and I'm so glad I invested everywhere I did. Actually, I've only got one out of one out of four shares in, in Dynasty, but I do have him everywhere in redraft. So uh, he made this list, uh, you know, uh, for me on a smaller sample size, but uh, I'm such a big fan that I'm glad we both had him and got a chance to talk about him.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think that's about all we have left for this week. Uh, did you have any, uh, or did you have another player left, or are you through your five as well?
0: Nope. nope, we had the same two and one, so we just had them in different orders. So we both hit our uh, numbers two and one. Uh, so yeah, we are all good to go. Um, we'll be back uh, next week with uh, a recap show of all the week six action. Um, I don't really have anything else. Newt's uh, it was a nice short and simple show. Again, we are, we are, we apologize for not being out, uh, on time, but, uh, in the future we'll, we will work harder to make sure we've always got something in your ears when we say we will. So
1: yeah, and uh follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Oasis at NastyNewts. read Josh on Dynasty Nerds, tight end physical graffiti. And uh with that being said, uh wish a very happy birthday to Cordell Stewart.
0: Cordell Slash, wow, that's a throwback. <laughs> happy birthday, Cordell, one of my favorite players <laughs> of all time.
1: Yeah, all he right. was a lot of fun, wasn't
0: he? Yeah, he was. All right. Well, that's all we got. We will see you on Tuesday morning. Thank you so much for listening. If you uh, feel compelled, give us a five-star rate and review. Um, And we thank you so much for listening. See you on Tuesday.